0: It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors LLC at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI, News Talk 790, 965 FM in Bellingham, and KGMI.com. Good morning and welcome to Saturday
1: Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. It's the first beginning of March already. How did that happen? I mean, it feels like the beginning of January outside. The weather can't make up its mind, but that's all right. I am so glad you guys are here today. You're in for a very special treat. We have a guest in the studio today. It's not often that we get to celebrate, and our guest today deserves some celebration. Her name is Shannon Loomis. She goes by Shay, so we're going to say Shay today. But Shay, welcome. It's it's really a pleasure to have you here. Talk about your story just a little bit. Let's just get right into the get right into the thick of things. So you grew up here locally?
2: Yes, yes. Um, so I was born in California, moved here when I was like three, and uh, my dad was a police officer here in Whatcom County. And uh, you know, my parents divorced when I was six, and I moved around a lot, and then. At the age of 15, I was living in eastern Washington. I had my own apartment, which no kid at that age should ever have. And um, I ended up getting gasoline thrown on me and lit on fire. And that's what started me into my road of addiction. Mm -hmm. Basically, my doctor.
1: So started with pain meds. Yeah, yeah. For a burn.
2: And when I talk about my addiction a lot, I always go, oh, I've only been using for seven years. And my kids will look at me like, are you nuts? Like, you've been on pills our whole life. And mm-hmm. I was—I never looked at it like that because they were prescribed. So I i didn't look at it like it, it was, a, you know, an addiction. But I was abusing them, and it led to, you know, more harder drugs in right. the long run. Wow. That really messed my life up.
1: Well, I, I've got to say, the way that Shay and I connected is, is through social media. Um, Shay, there were some conversations in the threads and I noticed right away that Shay had some really insightful, um, lived experience input in, in comments on things. And so, um, we reached out, started talking and, and it's phenomenal. So you've, you've been through a, through a, a real journey in your life and in a recovery journey. Um, so how long have you been clean?
2: Uh, my clean date is 12, 11, 21. So I have a year, two months and 21 days today.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That is so amazing. And and we appreciate you so much for coming in and, and being so open and so raw and just sharing. So your story though, took a turn, you know, it started with prescriptions, you know, as the result of, of an injury. Um, and then as your life progressed, um, at some point you became homeless. Is that right?
2: Yeah, correct. Um, So yeah, my addiction started at 15 and then I had 38 surgeries from the age of 15 till the age of 40. And uh, at the age of 40 is when my addiction took a darker turn. But when I was like 38, I want to say, or 30, no, about 35, my dad Mm -hmm. bought me a, a home in Birch Bay. So I was a homeowner and that's, So within two years of me starting, uh, basically heroin Mm -hmm. was my drug of choice. And uh, within two years, I lost my home. I had a $32,000 vehicle. I mean, I had things. I had money. Right. And I lost it all. Yeah.
1: Someone looking from the outside would have said, Shay's got her stuff together. Look at that. She's got a home. She's got a nice vehicle. Yep. And it, and it all went away. Talk talk about that process. I mean, I think a lot of people if they haven't been in addiction don't necessarily understand how something can overtake you to that point.
2: Yeah, they don't. They don't get it. They you know, your kids look at you like, "How could you choose drugs over me?" and you know, people on the outside looking in, the, the normies, you know, that's what they call them, that don't have these problems of addiction, they don't understand it. They don't, you know, addiction is a disease. I also believe that addiction is a disease of choice, and we make the choices in our addiction. And um, we can either stay out there, you know, and just keep using and ruining our life, or we can do something about it. And, um, you know, one day I just woke up, and I didn't have a home anymore, and I ended up in a tent with an abusive boyfriend and um, living behind Target, basically. Okay. And I did that for about a year here in Whatcom County and then moved you know over to spokane, homeless there for two years, and then back to Auburn and Bonnie Lake area for another three and a half years
1: okay so so you're really i mean that's a that's a pretty long journey um to be homeless and addicted and in a lot of different areas mm-hmm. so what was it like being being homeless in Bellingham?
2: It sucks because this is the town I grew up in and we would stand on the corner and fly a sign, you know, homeless, need money, anything helps. And people were seeing me, you mm-hmm. know, like my daughter's aunt saw me one day or her uncle, something, and they said something to her. Like, we saw your mom on the corner, you know, and that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's this, you know, talking about this stuff, it's hard. You got to get vulnerable and, you know, and talk about things that you don't want to talk about and things that you did. And mm-hmm. you got to remember, though, in our addiction, um the things we did are just that they're just saying they don't define me mm-hmm. you know no I know that's I'm right a good person and
1: yeah no and and you've obviously moved moved past those things so let's compare you know let's compare Bellingham Spokane Bonnie Lake you know I mean I hate to say it but you're kind of like a tour guide of you know where 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 to be homeless in washington kind of thing right of those of those areas you know what were the differences and and
2: well i whatcom county has a lot of homeless people there is a big homeless population here unfortunately Mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of resources here for the homeless people unfortunately there's no funding for housing or just there's not a lot of resources here Mm -hmm. and then you get over to spokane and i think the the homeless population there is a lot bigger than it is here, but there's a lot more resources mm-hmm. in Spokane for housing. They can get I mean, there's amazing programs over there mm-hmm. to get people off the street. People just don't take advantage of it.
1: So, did you take advantage of it when you were there?
2: I sh- I started to, you know, but uh I, w- I went there with the intention of getting clean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm like a pig. My dad used to tell me I was like a pig. I, everywhere I go, I find the mud. Okay. So um, right off the bus in Spokane, I found drugs. I mean, it was just everywhere I go. Well, and I, and I
1: don't think that's uncommon. I,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, I've seen that happen with a lot of other people. You know, sometimes I think people see relocation as an opportunity to change some associations and, and change some things in their life. And it's amazing. It's kind of like the law of attraction, you know, that it finds you or you find it however that works or birds of a feather or all those yeah, things. I agree. That's crazy. We're going to be coming up on a break. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen and we have our special guest today Shay Loomis who's being just extremely open and vulnerable and raw and we're celebrating her sobriety and the fact that she's clean and and talking about the journey that she's been through and we hope that hope that you find something today. Um, that inspires you or encourages you or motivates you, we'll be right back.
0: Hey neighbors, have you picked out your heat pump yet?
1: Oh no, not yet. We're not really in a rush.
0: That's right. We're waiting for the right time. I mean look at this weather. It's gray skies and rain as far as the eye can see. I don't know. I wouldn't procrastinate if I were you.
1: Surely we have plenty of time. Summer is still months away. That's true,
0: but here in the northwest, we've got a bad habit of waiting till it's hot to think about air conditioning. Next thing you know, it's 85 degrees out and linden sheet metal is slammed with installations. Plus, Since a heat pump also heats, you can stay cozy during the rainy season too. Slammed, you say. We can't have that. We're calling Linden Sheet Metal today.
2: Don't procrastinate. Get a heat pump installed this spring before it gets hot and everyone else wants one too. If you buy a heat pump in March, we'll give you up to $500 off installation. Plus, there are utility rebates and tax credits where you can save hundreds more. Don't wait. Call Linden Sheet Metal today. Linden Sheet Metal. Serving the Northwest for over 80 years.
0: Every day on Bellingham's newest radio station, 98.9 and a.m. 930 K-Bay. Kick off your workday with a 9 a.m. music marathon. Over an hour of commercial-free classics. Hit after hit from your favorite artists all day, every day. And the broadcast sponsor of the Bellingham Bells. Listen live online, 98.9kbay.com. Join the fun and be a part of Bellingham's newest radio station, 98.9 and a.m. 930 K-Bay.
2: The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group.
1: What? Not the opinions of Cascade Radio Group. That's all right. I'm Lyle Sorensen. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I have a special guest today, Shay Loomis, who's sharing her story of homelessness and addiction and success. We're celebrating... Success. We're celebrating her journey today, and she's being so kind to share with us a lot of lived experience and and a lot of insight, and you know, in the hopes that it will help someone else. So, so Shay, you spent a lot of time homeless and addicted. Sounds like a TV show, really. Um, mm-hmm. In in several areas in Washington State. You know, you met a lot of people during that time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how how many of those people do you think, I mean, everybody wants or needs help, but how many of those, how many of those people would you say are like, leg- either, you know, not, not in addiction, right?
2: Are, like just are down on people? their luck? Yeah. There are people like that. Yes, yeah.
1: And what percentage would you say that is based on your experience?
2: Maybe, maybe 20%. Yeah, the other eighty percent are there because of addictions and choices that we've made, and mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunate. But yeah, do you,
1: do you think that there's people who choose that lifestyle? Definitely. Why do you say that?
2: I mean, I've met a lot of people in the streets. I mean, and they wanted a better life i mean it's there mm-hmm. it's just a lot of people expect it just to fall in their lap they don't want to work for it and there's a saying in the 12-step programs that we do is it's not for people that want it or need it it's for people that do it it's an mm-hmm. action program that takes place and um it can save your life
1: yeah it saved your life
2: it did save my life
1: so so 20 percent who are down on their luck who aren't in addiction um that leaves 80 percent yeah you know it's it's interesting because i was having a conversation actually um we have a down we have a business in downtown bellingham and there was a homeless woman out in front we we're working late there was a homeless woman who was out in front and so uh, we engaged her and we're visiting with her a little bit and stuff and um you know she at first she wanted to deny that she was still using drugs cuz we just engaged started asking questions mm-hmm. you know and said well why bellingham she says it's romper room out here you know if anybody remembers romper room that's the little kids show where everybody plays and mm-hmm. has games and tra la 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 you know and then she kind of caught herself and redirected but i think kind of hearing what you're saying for a lot of people it kind of is right
2: yeah, it is. I mean, even even in the jails, there's drugs everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's it's everywhere in Whatcom County, and it's killing people left and right. And they're getting younger and younger. And it's unfortunate, you know. I mean, even myself, I've overdosed mm-hmm. in my addiction. It's a scary thing. I've lost a lot of friends, even since I've been clean. So
1: you you mentioned you kind of mentioned that that. You've kind of, you know, recently even lost several friends. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's got to be, you know, that's got to be hard to watch.
2: It is, especially when they're in recovery alongside me. One of them lived at the sober house that I lived in when I got out of treatment. And another one was just going to 12 step program like me Mm -hmm. and just one bad day, one wrong decision and they're gone. Yeah. And it sucks, and I don't want to be there. I don't want to be that one.
1: Right? Yeah. I don't no, want to be for statistic. sure. So let's so let's back up in your journey again here a little bit, and let's talk about um, so Bellingham, Spokane, then Auburn, Bonnie Lake. So what ha- what ha- what happened in Auburn, Bonnie Lake? Because wasn't after that that you decided to come back to Bellingham and make a change. Yeah. So talk about Auburn, Bonnie Lake, and and kind of what happened in the events leading up to your decision to So be
2: I ended up in Bonnie Lake in Auburn with the same abusive boyfriend. Uh, that was a 9-year relationship of hell pretty much. And uh, at the last like 6 months of living in Bonnie Lake, the boyfriend had gotten me kicked out of the house that we were staying in. So I was in my truck and he just stayed in the house and let me go live in my truck with my dog. And um, that was a real eye-opener. And I was still, you know, my daughter had a baby, and mm-hmm. I became a grandmother, and I was lying to her about my addiction. I'm, oh, I'm clean, you know, and uh, you can't. Right. She knew. She knew. Right. Well, you know, and, know? And,
1: and talk about talk about your daughter's
2: Yeah, I've got three experience. daughters. Okay. They're all grown. Um, my oldest is married, and she's in Mexico right now. On her anniversary vacation. and Nice. Yeah. And I've got my middle daughter who has a baby. He's mm-hmm. two. Um, uh-huh. And that's the one that is in addiction also. We are in recovery together. Okay. And uh, then my youngest daughter, Abby, she's 21. No, okay. oh, 24. I'm sorry. 24 now. Right.
1: So, I mean, you know, by all accounts, you know, you're just like another local mom. Right? You mm-hmm. know, it's not, it's not like you know you've been you know out there your entire life it's just you know here you are a normal mom you got a house you got a car you got a life
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know some bad decisions lead you to an addiction that leads you to the streets for 9 years you know that's a long that's a long time i mean mm-hmm. that's that's a long journey what were the best parts of being homeless i mean at some point did you guys stay in that lifestyle because that's kind of what you wanted to do. What, Or, or did it just happen? I mean, I, I'm just curious. I'm asking just a, a total candid pop-up question, and it's, it's interesting.
2: Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. Yeah, we stayed in that lifestyle because we were on drugs, and we chose to stay in that lifestyle. And uh, once— I made that choice to get away from him. Like I was in my truck already. What's the point of staying? So I just left and mm-hmm. went, came home to Whatcom County. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it there for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know. And I came home. The first thing that motivated me, though, is really my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I had a little incident when I first went to detox. I tried to go to detox mm-hmm. and I didn't make it very long. And I ended up getting in a wreck when I left, and I hit a tree 48, 49 miles an hour with no seatbelt. I totaled my truck. I broke my face, and I wound up at my mom's after the hospital, and I don't know why I was there or who brought me there even, but uh, I made a scene, and I wanted money, and I wanted drugs, and um, my mom kicked me out of the house, and my daughter had to come and get me out of the house, and it was I know that was really hard for her because I'm like, I need drugs and i need money and i'm putting her at risk because she's Mm -hmm. clean and Mm -hmm. she just put her foot down and put boundaries on me and said you can't see your grandson anymore and we don't want nothing to do with you until you get clean and um so it took me about three more days and i i woke up and just you know some stuff happened where i was living that was really scary and um i took myself to detox and i've been clean ever since and
1: that's amazing. So mm-hmm. so really what you're describing is you found your bottom.
2: Yeah, definitely. I found my bottom.
1: You know, and, and a lot of that was, was because family relationships are important to you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I was tired of seeing people die in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be the one dying. Mm-hmm. I have family. I have kids. I have a grandson. I had my parents. I just lost my mother this year, January 4th. Sorry yeah and I stayed clean through it. you know that's awesome, yeah, it is it's amazing,
1: yeah, you know, and it's it's you know you you hear one day at a time and and you hear all those kinds of things, but it really truly is it's an hour at a time, you know it's those choices, it's those decisions you know it's it's decisions that every one of us make every single day, mm-hmm. you know, and when you come from a place of addiction. Sometimes those become even more critical for you. Yes. You know, and ad- admire your strength and your determination. You know, and you know, and for all of all the folks out there who are successfully in recovery, you know whether it's whether it's one year, or three years, or ten years or thirty years, it still comes down to making choices and decisions that are positive every single day.
2: Yeah. Well, they say it's one day at a time, but, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. So really, at the end of the day, we all have the same amount of clean time when you look at it like that.
1: Right. Every day you start over.
2: Yeah, basically. Yeah. And just keep on trucking. It's
1: amazing. All right. We're heading into a hard break. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen with a very special guest today, Shea Loomis. We'll be right back.
0: Where do you go to find the best steakhouse between Seattle and Vancouver, B.C.? Northwest Washington's famed Steakhouse at Silver nice Reef is the on. place for award-winning, unforgettable fine dining. Savor our Northwest-sourced, dry-aged USDA prime steaks. Finish to perfection in our 1,800-degree broiler. Immerse yourself in world-class elegance. Browse our award-winning wine and spirit list, while our attentive staff help to create lasting memories. Reservations are recommended through SilverReefCasino.com or by calling Silver Reef Casino Resort. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and wine spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. Mattress shopping. Oh, where do you start? Soft or firm? Foam or spring? Box or base? Who's got the best price? (sighs) Okay, take a deep breath. Start at DeWard & Bodie. They keep it simple, really simple. Test out mattresses, find the one you like, get it delivered to your home for free. They've created comfortable showrooms where any person can lie down and test out lots of different mattresses. When you find yours, their professional delivery team will bring it to your home, set it up, and recycle the old one. It's that simple. Plus, you can take your mattress home today paying no money down with interest-free financing. A lot of mattress stores have come and gone from this community, but Deward & Bodie has been the premier mattress retailer in Whatcom and Skagit Counties for over 20 years. Upgrade your mattress with the company you trust. Deward & Bodie. They'll match any local price. They make financing a breeze and deliver for free. See for yourself how Deward and Bodie makes mattress shopping simple at their mattress showroom in Bellingham. Sir, are you okay? I uh, don't like to fly. <laughs> What are you worried about? I don't know. The engine trouble at 47,000 feet maybe. Maybe had you taken the car in for regular service before it had engine trouble, we'd be driving the legendary Route 66 instead of flying over it.
1: Can I get
2: a <laughs> of- have Bellingham Automotive schedule your bumper-to-bumper inspection and oil change before it's too late. Call the shop or visit bellinghamautomotive.com today.
0: CBS
1: News Brief. More than 16 million Americans from California to Maine are under a winter storm warning this weekend. And Weather Channel meteorologist Chris Warren says those out west can catch a break from the rare weather event there.
0: Another winter storm moving into the west coast. And with this also, again, in the mountains, feet of snow.
1: President Biden just had some skin cancer removed from his chest. White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The president's
0: physician says the site of the biopsy has healed nicely and no further treatment is required. First Lady Jill Biden had basal cell lesions removed at Walter Reed in January.
2: The
1: Ukrainian city of Bakhmut is getting hit hard by Russian troops. Deputy Mayor Alexander Marchenko. Currently, there is no communication in the city, so it's cut off. The bridges are destroyed. The tactics the Russians are using are the tactics of parched land. They want to destroy Bakhmut like they did with Mariupol. CBS News Brief. I'm
0: Stacey N. i am stacey I got a N. question. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. We're celebrating Shay Loomis today and we're talking about her story. You know, it's an amazing story of homelessness and addiction and overcoming, surviving, thriving. We're grateful. You know, and the purpose of this isn't isn't just I mean we wanna we wanna celebrate Shay today, but we also want to share her story and her lived experience and you know learn from learn from her experiences so that you know we can inspire or motivate or direct or encourage you know um more success from more people because you know Bellingham like like Shay mentioned earlier, you know, there is a a, a large population in Bellingham of people who are, uh, if we want to use the appropriate term, unhoused, um, you know, and, and so, you know, hopefully this will, hopefully this will encourage somebody, you know, if you're out there today and you're listening, you know, you're streaming us on your phone or whatever, and you find yourself living in a tent or something like that. Shay, what would you tell somebody who's, who's listening today? Who's, who's maybe listening on their phone you know, around town, who finds themselves living in a tent or unhoused or something like that. What, what, what would you tell them?
2: Um, it is possible if you want a better life to to get one. You know, it's not going to fall into your lap. It's there's work to be done to get it. I worked hard to get where I am today, with very little resources, because obviously, Whatcom County doesn't have the best resources. But you just have to have hope I guess because I put my name in a lottery for housing and I won that lottery I mean it's just one of the blessings of recovery one of the gifts of recovery you know if you want something bad enough and chase it hard enough it can be done anything can be done so if you want to get clean or you want to get you know off the streets there is help out there yeah well and
1: you know we mentioned the, somebody called and was wondering if during your time on the streets if you had spent any time with the Lighthouse Mission? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, of course I did. Um, You know, there's a check-in time with those places, and that's why a lot of people uh, don't use that resource because they don't want to have a curfew. Mm -hmm. That's what I ran into with people when I lived in the streets. They they wouldn't stay there because they had to check in at 7 p.m., you know, you can't be out drinking. You can't be out smoking. You know, mm-hmm. there's rules. And so a lot of people just don't want to have rules. They want to live their life, and that's why they're out in tents. But there is I, – I stayed there at the Lighthouse Mission a few times. I went to Drop-In Center. You know, they feed you hot meals. There's different places you can go for hot meals, you know, mm-hmm. in town and and take advantage of the resources. There are some here, just not a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and I think you hit on something really key there, and, and it comes down to a choice. You know, if you want to get off the street, if you want to get away from your addiction, if you truly want that, there are choices that are very deliberate and very intentional that you have to make. And, and those choices usually, like you were saying, if it's a curfew or whatever, or... Small sacrifice. Right. There are things that you have to be willing to give up to be better. And until you're willing to do that, you aren't going to be better.
2: You only have to change one thing to make your life better, and that's everything. Seriously. People, places, and things. If you're hanging around people that are bad influences or drug addicts and you want a better life, you can't keep hanging out with those people because if you... There's an old saying, if you go to the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. I mean, right? it's going to happen. You'll fall back into into your old ways. So you have to change everything, you know, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And you've changed everything, Shay.
2: Yeah. I've mended my relationships with my family. My, I'm talking to my sister again. Like, my kids are proud of me. You know, they show up when I'm um, hitting milestones in my recovery. Um I had a year and 24 days clean with my mother before she passed and if I was still out using I probably wouldn't even know she was passed right now. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be able to reach me. Yeah. So I'm grateful I am where I am today. I believe everything happens for a reason and um I'm here for a reason. I have a purpose and if I c- my story can save even just one person or get somebody off the streets or whatever, I'm I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. No, it's 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 an important story and it, and it's amazing and you know I think a lot of times people have questions, you know. I think you know, we'll see how we're doing. We might open up for a couple of questions off the phone lines cuz I think, you know, there I think there are a lot of people who go we're going to do that in fact. 676 K G M I 676 5464 um if you have a question for Shay, um, things that you've always wondered about. Um, you know, I hope you're okay with that Mm -hmm. because we just did that. So anyway, (laughs) um, so yeah, no, feel free. We'll, we'll take some of your questions and, and uh, you know, what we will ask though, just in the interest of of covering as many calls as we can, um, if you can limit it to a question and kind of keep things kind of brief so we can move on to another caller as well, that would be really appreciated. So Shay, when you guys, when you guys were on the streets, what were you doing for income? Oh man! Because I mean, you know, like like you talk about you talk about having you talk about having a vehicle. You know, there's things that come along with that. You know, there's expenses, mm-hmm. and it takes money to get those things. So, so let's, if you don't mind. I mean, you know, I don't want you to incriminate yourself or anything, but, um, you know, I think that's those are questions that legitimately people wonder about.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where we would hold a sign. Panhandling? Um, Yep, panhandling. There were times where I would go in a store and fill the cart with stuff and walk out. Um, There's a lot of things that I've done for money in my past that I'm not proud of, you Mm -hmm. know, but they're just things that I did. They don't define me. Survival. Yes. I was tired of surviving, though I wanted to live.
1: Right. Yeah. Why survive when you can thrive? Yes. And that's what you're doing. That's Mm fantastic. Fantastic. So one of the callers wants to know um, what you think about the proposal in Oregon to give $1,000 to every homeless person in Portland.
2: Uh, I've never even heard this, but I think that's about the craziest thing they could do. Why is that? It's not going to help the homeless population. They're just going to go spend that money and be broke again within days. And they're probably going to be a lot of uh, a lot people of dying. Yeah. yeah. There's a, you know, there's new drugs out there and, Mm -hmm. and one of them that is really deadly has hit Seattle area already. Is that Trank? Yeah. 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 And that's scary. Yeah. Very scary.
1: So for those of you who haven't heard that term, if you haven't, um, Trank is an animal, um, painkiller basically. Um, and so, um, horse tranquilizer
2: mixed with fentanyl.
1: Yeah. So, you know, there you go. It's all mixed up. Um, you know, one of the crazy side effects of that is it actually causes sores on your body in places that you haven't injected it. So, you know, what could possibly go wrong?
2: If you don't overdose first. If you
1: don't overdose first, that's right. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I, isn't one of the slangs for that zombie drug? Yes. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so tell me what you think now, you know, when you're around town and you see someone on the corner or in a store you know in the in the position that you used to be in kind of what's i mean you know does it it's
2: hard i want to have a heart and give them some money cuz i've been mm-hmm. there but at the same time it's like i don't want to contribute and enable somebody cuz mm-hmm. really that's what it's doing is enabling their addiction or whatever their vice might be whatever they're trying to get money for not everybody has bad intentions when they're out there panhandling obviously mm-hmm. Um, I did meet people in the streets that didn't do drugs, didn't drink, just down mm-hmm. on their luck, and it just got overwhelming to where they can't get back out of the homelessness mm-hmm. and they get used to it. It's a way of life for them.
1: It becomes a lifestyle,
2: yes, and it's unfortunate, you know because a lot of them are, are veterans mm-hmm. you know and served for our country and there should be a lot of there should be a lot more resources for them mm-hmm. I fully believe that
1: i I'd, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, with veteran services, it's, you know, they've served our country, you know, some of their co-occurring conditions are, you know, a result of PTSD or whatever else might be the case. Um, no, it's, that's something that's really hard, too. You know, how how do you differentiate? So, and we're going to have to cover this. We're coming up on a break here, so we're going to have to take a break. You're listening to Saturday morning live. I'm Lyle Sorensen, joined by Shay Loomis, who's just sharing tons of insights on her lived experience in active addiction and homelessness. We'll be right back. Hello? Summer? Gee, you sound so far away. Oh, you're right. Now is the time to plan for AC. With Barron's preseason air conditioning special, you can skip the line and save big, like $4,000 big. We've stocked up, and there's no better time to upgrade your whole home comfort system. Special discounts apply to anything that cools, including air conditioning, ductless, and electric heat pumps. With energy savings you'll enjoy for years. Barron's home performance experts look beyond the box, finding you affordable ways to improve the comfort, health, and energy efficiency of your home. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Call Barron now while supplies last and save up to $4,000 when you upgrade your heating and cooling system with qualifying rebates, incentives, and a Silver Shield membership. We've secured low-interest financing so everyone gets cooling. See you soon, Summer. Barron,
0: your full-service HVAC electrical and plumbing contractor. Our mission, improving lives. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus on investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision-making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at Wealth Wake Up and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC.
1: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen, joined today by Shay Loomis, who's sharing her lived experience. We are super lucky to have Shay here today, and we want to learn from her and we want to celebrate her sobriety and her success and the fact that she's thriving, not just surviving. Six seven six KGMI six seven six five four six four. If you call in, um, you can either leave your question with the producer and we'll address it as we get to it, or if you you want to be on air, that's okay. But I'm going to ask that you keep your comments really brief, um, so we can get as many people in and so that we can learn as much from Shay today as we can. Shay, um, was was there a spiritual or or religious aspect to your recovery?
2: Um, yes, um, I was baptized when I was. Uh, seven, I believe at mm-hmm. Trinity Lutheran church. So I grew up Lutheran, which Christian, so I believe yep. in God. Nice. I may have lost touch with God, but I believe God carried me through my addictions. Cause yeah, otherwise right. I wouldn't be here. Kept you
1: alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, another caller left a question and they said, what is one skill that you could use or want to help get off the street?
2: Um, I guess basically knowing resources and how to find them that's mm-hmm. a good skill to have. um You can always dial two one one in any town that you're in and it will give you all your local resources that the county that you're in has
1: there you go dial two one one you know one thing that I always kind of wonder about is you see people living in a tent on the street and almost everyone has a cell phone
2: mm-hmm.
1: how How does that work how do you how do you you know, you don't have an address for a bill, so are they using burner phones or?
2: They're probably using Obama phones.
1: Okay. Like so government provided stamps, phones.
2: They give you a free phone. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what percentage, what percentage of people who are homeless are getting food stamps?
2: Um, Do you have any yeah. idea? Do you have any guess have at that? I have no idea, but everybody I met got them. Like okay. literally every single person.
1: Okay. So... Then if you're getting food stamps and you're holding a sign on a corner, you are not getting money for food. No, more than
2: likely you're not.
1: Okay. well, that's that's a that's an interesting and and worthwhile clarification, I think, for people to understand, because I think, you know, I think sometimes we're well intentioned, but maybe misguided in in our efforts, and, and you hit on it earlier, you know, the difference between truly helping someone and enabling them.
2: Correct. If they say they're hungry, go buy them a meal. Yeah. Don't give them the cash because you're contributing to something that could kill them.
1: Right. Um, Wayne, I think, is on the line. Wayne? Hello. Hi, Wayne.
0: Hi. I'm so glad that you guys are
1: batting this topic about. Uh Shay, congratulations. Like a minute clean is something, honestly. I'm just curious a little bit or a lot, how much
0: Washington State itself has been of help to you throughout this?
1: Thank you. So so Wayne's question is how how has Washington State been a help?
2: Um When I got clean and got out of treatment, I went into a sober house. And then from there, I wanted my own place. That was my goal within my first year of recovery, to get my own apartment again, because I'd been homeless for the last eight years, going from homeowner to living in a tent and bouncing around in the streets for eight years. Yeah, so I wanted my own place to have security. So I put my name in a housing lottery and... By the grace of God, my name was picked, and so um, I was able to get funding for housing. So that's my I help just, that I got yeah. from the state.
1: Great question, Wayne. Thank you for your call. Thank you. So, you know, it brings up, you know, when we talk about the whole housing thing, and you talk, you know, we look at the stage in your journey where you were able to get your own place. Mm-hmm. Do you, do, you, do you think that it would be good just to give people a place before they get clean? No. Why is that?
2: Um, so that's a tough one, really, because I don't think anybody using needs to have their own place right at the moment because mm-hmm. that just gives them a dwelling to sit around and do what they're doing instead of doing it in public. But if they're serious about recovery and wanting to get clean or get off the streets, even if they're not in addiction. And I believe that it can be done if they work hard enough at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm living proof.
1: So, so what you're saying is a roof is a reward. Correct. Right. So it's the criteria is really performance based. When, when you demonstrate that you want to be better more than society wants you to be better and you're making progress, that's the time to yes. to do that. So it's it's an it's a goal, it's an incentive, it's a reward when you achieve it.
2: I think that in in early recovery, you should definitely be in some sort of program like a clean and sober house or mm-hmm. something that's going to hold you accountable instead of just going straight from going to treatment or detox and then right into your own place. I just don't think that's a safe mm-hmm. choice to make. I mean, everybody right is different, but my accountability. I needed to right. Where I no, well, and
1: as as a as a principle, I think that that sounds like some pretty sound wisdom. You know, I think one of the the depth one of the definitions of wisdom, right, is learning from other people's mistakes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and you know, one of the one of the little, little things I always like to say is, if you can't be a good example, be a good example of a bad example. So you know, right? Yeah. I mean. You know, that's the idea as we go through life is is we want to learn. And and as a community, I think even the same things. We want to look at programs that have been done in Vancouver, B.C. and programs that have been done in Seattle and Spokane and other places. And we want to learn from what's worked and been effective and had results and what hasn't. And we don't want to go down the same road and adopt things that aren't successful, that are just giant money pits because we can throw all the money in the world at it just like, You know, hey, let's give let's give everybody a thousand dollars. Woohoo! You know, um, party time. You know, Uh, you know the story I was telling about the woman that we met the other day, and you know, she was kind of acting all cozy and you know, and she actually, when we were talking about her addiction and talking about her stuff, you know, she's doing clear. um, And when we finally got that out of her, Mm -hmm. right? And I think probably she over. I think probably she over communicated and then didn't feel comfortable and she ended up leaving. We went back inside. She was going to settle in the corner. We told her that was fine, you know, because it was lighted and, you know, it's kind of a safe Mm -hmm. spot. And then she disappeared, you know, and, you know, again, she probably overshared. She didn't made herself feel uncomfortable, whatever, you know, and she and then she had promised not to not to shoot up in that location. and So she probably had to go do her thing go smoke or shoot whatever she was doing yeah um but you know she called bellingham romper room in the in the course of the conversation i was asking her questions kind of like i've been asking you today and she described bellingham as romper room now for those of you who don't know what romper room is that was a a kid's show back in the day where people put on silly little stilt clogs and played games and laughed and played and did whatever. And so here's someone who's in our community who's referring to it as romper room, you know? And so sometimes when we wonder, you know, it's like, why, why would someone choose a lifestyle like that? You know, easy, no responsibility, None. you're free. Describe the freedom.
2: There's Cause freedom, I think, but there's not
1: right. It's, it's a dip. There's always, how do I say this? There's always a different kind of bondage, right? So, you know, I think people though who haven't been there or haven't experienced it don't understand. There's there's survival bondage, and there's subs. You got to feed your addiction if you're there with an addiction, but you don't have taxes. You don't have a job that you have to show up to at any given time. You don't have you don't have those responsibility things. And I
2: think, it's, adulting.
1: Adulting. You don't have to adult. Right. You know, and I mm-hmm. think that's probably when 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 you when people coming from that lifestyle, you know, you're talking about people not wanting a curfew, you know, not mm-hmm. wanting to have to check in somewhere by seven o'clock and having to cut off their fun for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. Right. And so and and laws and rules do encroach on our freedoms as as ordinary citizens you know and kind of the civil contract we have between our government and us as citizens is that laws technically encroach on our freedoms and we choose to submit to those in exchange for the government enforcing those laws and you know providing consequences for people who break them and stuff and it's it's this whole civil contract thing that we have that makes our society civil and okay, so you don't have to walk around with a gun all the time and protect your stuff and your family and stuff. We have you know government who, Supposed to do that for us. Mm -hmm. So talk about since we're going down that track a little bit. Kind of talk about what it's like in those aspects. You know, in terms of security and freedom when you're out living in a tent, whether it's in Spokane or Auburn or it's in Wasco County. What's that like? Is that is that a safe lifestyle? Is that a safe place to be?
2: No, not especially not for a female. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't alone. Right. I did have a boyfriend, but, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Like, that you will get communities that will camp together. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're all going to camp together and make this little community, and they all watch each other's stuff. But really, they're stealing from each other. <laughs> and, I mean, my tent got robbed. I can't tell you how many times somebody broke in and stole, like, the air mattress, my clothes, whatever. Who, the homeless steal from the homeless. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so there's no security. It's not safe. And then you got drug addicts that are super loaded out there. Wandering around looking for their next fix. So, you know, pretty much willing to do anything to get that. So it's scary.
1: So they steal or mug other people in the community Mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. Yeah, they may. Yeah. So are what what percentage would you say of people who are just like crazy? I'm I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm just going to throw it out there. How you know, is there a lot of crazy people? I mean, like certifiably dangerous nuts.
2: Um, that's a hard one. I don't know because some of them, I may, <clears throat> they may be uh, too many drugs. Maybe perma perma crazy, and then you've got the crazy crazy. So that's hard to dif- differentiate.
1: You've got crazy ones that started crazy that are just there because we really don't have yeah, mental well, hospitals in, in Washington State their anymore. families
2: are over it. You know, right. they're just in the street, unfortunately. right.
1: And then I, I kind of like that term permafried. Um,
2: well, and mm-hmm. and it's really sad. It is.
1: You know, it really is sad. I mean, growing up and through my adult life, I've seen several cases of uh, drug-induced juvenile schizophrenia, you know, from um, kids who started using At too young of an age, you know, and you can't use psychoactive substances and think it's going to do nothing to your brain.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Something I noticed uh, helping someone through rehab, um, went to some meetings and things. When everybody introduces themselves and says, you know, their name, hi, you know, my name's John, I'm an addict. Um. Almost everybody says that they're bipolar, at least in the one I was around. Is that is that something you've seen or experienced too? No, no Okay. not at all. There's must a have lot been the, of
2: meetings out there, though. There's tons yeah, of
1: them. It must have, been, must have just been the one I was at, but I thought it was really interesting because here's 13 people or 15 people in this group in a rehab facility, and every one of them was diagnosed bipolar.
2: It was probably a dual diagnosis yeah. facility.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty interesting. But, yeah. you know, I think a lot of those things are co-occurring. Shay, thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming in today, for sharing and being raw and vulnerable with us. Um, we greatly, greatly appreciate, you know, your candor and wish you success on your journey.
2: Thank you.
1: Because, you know, it's super cool. I mean... How many times do we get to celebrate? This is awesome. You know, you are a success story and you should be extremely proud. I know you are. And you should be. You've got every right to be. You've made hard choices. You've followed through. You've been accountable. You've done what a lot of people aren't willing to do.
2: Got to follow suggestions, be willing.
1: You got to listen. Speaking of listening, you're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen, joined today by Shay Loomis. We just hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next month.